The views and opinions expressed in the Golden Boot Podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the Golden Boot Podcast as a whole. Y'all ready to get rolling? Quiet on the set. Welcome back. Another episode of Golden Boot. It's your boy, Pooh Bell. I got my man, Aunt Petty Murphy, in the building. What's good with you, my boy? What's happening with it, dog? Not much. Why is so bad, dog? Yeah, you look like you in the dark over there, my boy. Hey, the uh, lights did go out uh, earlier, um, but they're back on now. So, I mean, I don't know. It just look like it's you look like you in the dark, and I look like I'm two feet tall. I don't know what's going on. Man, you know, you know what to say. Um, but I'm in the desert, man. It's been raining two days in a row, three, three days in a row. It ain't rained in like a month here, so I sent some of that this way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Real told me the same thing. He said, send some of that over here. Yeah, it has rained three days in a row. It felt like I was in the desert today. Yeah. It was like 107 degrees, felt like 118 or something like ridiculous like that. Yeah. So uh I wish it was raining out chill, my boy. Yeah, yeah. What's good? Uh Adrian said, What's good? Well, he tried to say what's what's good. we got you. Know? I understand what you're what you're saying. What's good, Adrian? Appreciate you coming through, man. Um looking forward to tonight's conversation. Talk about um Saints talk about LSU, uh, WNBA Commissioner's Cup. Man, listen, something happened. We ain't talked WNBA in a minute, we're gonna get to it. But uh, it's a team that felt like they was uh, I ain't gonna say unbeatable, but they was gonna have trouble being beat, and they didn't got stumped twice. We're gonna get to it though. <clears throat> they uh, are missing. <clears throat> Never mind. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll get the Nick in the building. What's good, Nick? <laughs> Zay, Zay came and said, "Nick, go away." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, we got uh, that, oh, talk a little UFC. I ain't put it on there, but we we can talk a little UFC. Um, not surprised, but surprised. We'll get that. Not really. Not really. Yeah, get that. Um. But yeah, man. But uh, you know what it is. Y'all know what we gotta do. Y'all get a shout out to our sponsors over at Bet Online. BetOnline.ag. We'll be back in one minute. 
betonline.ag is your number one source for all your sports information, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds, lines, and player injury reports for this year's NBA and NHL playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters. This season, we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. We have everything from NBA, NFL, MLB, and NHL to golf, tennis, UFC, and boxing. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games that you can play right from your home. Head on over to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And we're back. And uh, like always, man, I want to tell everybody, appreciate y'all for coming through. Thank you for watching. You could be anywhere, anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Don't forget, subscribe, like, share. P.S. Support the show. Super Chats open. But uh, let's hey, get to uh, it, man. Before we go there, let me shout out Nick. He out there in San Diego dealing with that hurricane. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, man, it's, it's, it's a tropical storm point. now. It's, it's down to a tropical storm, so uh, thankful for that. Uh, the earthquake, I ain't even, I didn't hear about that till late on, so that's that is wild. Wow, yeah, let's, let's try this again. Okay, that's a little bit better. I, in the dark age, uh, all, all my Cali people, y'all be safe out there, man. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, but man, let's go, let's go ahead, let's start that. Let's talk WNBA first, man. Uh, open up, man. We'll be uh. Our good friend Dilly Sanders will be with us in probably about eight minutes or so, man. But let's talk this WNBA, man. Um, New York Liberty um, won the Commissioner's Cup. They beat uh, the the Aces. So a couple weeks ago, they beat the Aces by um, by big. <laughs> I ain't going to. They beat them big. I was I was I turned to the game. I was like, Nah, this you know. Nah, I don't know what's going on. I, and I turned the game off because uh, uh, not. I thought it was a replay or something from like a couple years ago. I don't know, but <laughs> I was shocked. And then they came back and did it again. What happened the first time though? The first time? What was yeah, I don't even remember. They, they did what that happened? to the Liberty. Okay. And the first time they were healthy. <clears throat> they had, you know, the former MVP. Arguably the greatest women's basketball player of all time, Candace Parker, healthy. They didn't have her these last two times. Mm. Um, not saying that she would have made up the difference in that big of a you know deficit, but it would have been a different game. That's all I'm saying. Right. And uh, even though they lost those games to Liberty, they still have only lost four games on the season. Like let's let's go ahead and get that fact straight. Four games, they're like twenty four and four or something like that. So, I mean, they still are pretty much unbeatable. The only mm-hmm. other team that's really giving them trouble, they've had trouble with the Dallas Wings um, and the Liberty. But those are probably the second and third most talented teams in the league. Uh, well, Liberty, no doubt about it, they're the second most talented team. They've only lost seven right. games themselves. So, I mean, you're talking about a team that's got seven losses on the season. There's they're no slouch themselves. So I I don't think we need to take too much into that. What happened to those two two matchups? Uh now if they 
if they do that with a healthy Candace Park on the team on the floor, that's a little different story. But as of right now, I'm I'm chalking it up to the Aces didn't really care about the Commissioner's Cup, and they didn't have Candace Parker out there. Okay. Um, you said they the Wings and the Liberty. Uh, let me. Is there a similarity in styles of play that is giving the Aces uh, these trouble, or is it just simply you know to so yeah. catch them at the right them time? Two, them, two, them two teams both got um kind of twin towers of a sense when you look at john quill jones and brandon stewart for the liberty and then satu sabole terry mccown for the uh the wings without candace parker and even with candace parker that's a lot for you know anybody to defend for them for those mm-hmm. two teams but especially without candace parker having that rim protector and you don't really have nobody who can stop that inside game and that's kind of what hurt them in, the, in those games against the liberty Gotcha. 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 Um, how so, how far away are we from playoffs? Because it's got to be around the corner. It's coming up pretty soon. Okay. Any uh anybody make let me ask from what you expected beginning of the season, anybody making it that you didn't expect to make it, or anybody look a lot better than you didn't see coming into the season, or even the reverse. Anybody who you thought would be competitive just hadn't shown up. Well, uh, I thought Seattle would be worse. I know they're not they're not slated to make the playoffs right now, but mm-hmm. I thought they would be worse than they are. Uh, I thought they would be the worst team in the league uh, just because of what they lost. Um, right. Uh, losing Sue Bird, losing Breonna Stewart, you know what I mean? That's a, that's a lot mm-hmm. to lose. Um, Tina Charles, that's a lot to lose. But uh, – they played the Lynx also. The Lynx played a lot better than I thought they would play, and what they've lost in the offseason as well. Um, those two teams, the Lynx are, are going to make the playoffs, so I guess that would be the answer of a team I didn't think would make the playoffs that's making the playoffs. Gotcha. Uh, and on the other side, I guess the Mercury, just because I mean, I, I really wasn't high on them, but they arguably the worst team in the league. And, and, and I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say it with uh Brittany Griner come back, it felt it kind of felt like they may have had that that mojo for another run just to see, I, I wasn't buying it from the beginning of the season, but I didn't okay. think they would be this bad. I didn't yeah. think they would be this bad. I mean, they they are like I said, them in Indiana and Indiana is the youngest team in the league, so they they were mm-hmm. expected to have growing pains, but. Phoenix is they got a lot going on over there, bro. Not just yeah, it's some some dysfunction in that franchise. So yeah, they got a lot going on on and off the court, but they just they just haven't lived up to what people thought whenever they were getting Brittany Griner back to what they would be. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. The All Mystics, right. the Mystics have kind of been a disappointment, though, I guess you could say, because they were supposed to be the third best team in the league. But they probably around fifth right now, best team in the league. Yeah, maybe six, depending on where Atlanta falls. So I mean, they you could argue that they've been a disappointment. Yeah, um, man. Let's move on to um, sticking with women's sports, though. Uh, the World Cup. Um, I know you didn't watch the game, the final, because the game was at like something in the morning, like the wee hours of the morning. Um, (laughs) So, but they did just, they replayed it. I think it was um, maybe around noonish, 
Um, but Spain ended up winning their first, very first uh, World Cup. Um, the score came it was, and the score was early in the match uh, oh, at yeah. the 29th minute. Um, but they held off, uh, beat England, moving on to be, you know, World Cup champions. Uh, like I said, first time in, in the country's history. Um, trying to see who, who got the third place. I know a lot of people don't care. Uh, Sweden ended up getting third place. Uh, but you know, um, this world cup was uh, a lot different. I didn't think, um, when at the United States with the way they had played starting out, I thought they weren't, uh, I thought, well, I thought they were going to be the favorites. I'm sorry. You said Japan, right? Mm -hmm. Thought yep. Japan was going to Japan got knocked out by Sweden after yep. the Sweden beat us. They got knocked out. Um, so that was kind of interesting, but, um, yeah, shout out to Spain, I guess. Speaking of uh women's soccer though, did you see that mm -hmm. the uh the women's national team will have a new head coach moving forward? I did. I did. He does not uh from everything I've been told, he didn't um they just hadn't performed well under him. Yeah, they ha they haven't. Um I don't know, I feel like he's kind of being scapegoated in a sense though, because the roster makeup of this team wasn't wasn't you know one that led you to have a successful run you had too much too much inconsistency in the roster build up you either needed to go completely young rebuild or let the old heads go for one more last hurrah but trying mm -hmm. to be on both you know being both eras or whatever however you want to call it that's kind of led it to be unsuccessful i don't see how you could have been successful the way they had this roster set up yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it is. We'll see. Coming years, we got. Uh, I don't know when the next one. Uh, Concaf, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure, uh, but we'll see, man. Um, I, I do know they'll be back after. And you said it when we talked about it after the loss. Um, after the U.S. usually loses, um, they come back and and make something happen. So, um, yeah. but man, y'all ain't here to talk soccer. But we was gonna talk about it anyway. We got our man back in the building. Got a got the. Uh, I ain't gonna say OG because he like, he like very 20. young. So he like twenty two. I don't know. Like YG Young Gunner. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. He just know dilly. Yeah, dilly, dilly in the building. Man, let's talk some dilly, LSU dilly. football. But y'all know what it got is bringing back. Hold on, man. I gotta, I gotta fix something. I gotta get some light going and everything. Hold on, man. I got. <laughs> My man having technical difficulties over there. Our man, sports writer at 24-7-247. Dilly Sanders is in the building. Welcome back, Dilly. What's good with you? What's up? What's up? Been far too long. But, yeah, no, I'm doing good. Uh, not having to sit out in the heat all day, every day anymore, so – I mean that's a that's a win in and of itself. Just, just brag why why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> then uh first of all, I am very disappointed. Um nope. we do not have any music uh on the wall. What's going on? Oh, um man, I'm sorry. It's been uh it's been <laughs> I, I, they're all sitting over there. I just have it's been so busy, I haven't been keeping them all because you know I can't sleep 
with them up there. I usually throw it up there whenever I'm on something, but I just yeah. haven't. You know, I've just been busy. You, but uh, let me let me give a shout out. I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, Childish Gambino because the internet was the first one I saw on the top of the stack. So there you go. Shout out. shout out. Shout out. Man, so Dilly, man. Um, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and bring this up first, and we'll get into the scrimmage and practice and stuff that's been going on so far. Brian Turner said he actually said this. I saw it on uh, on AYS with, with Blake early. He he mentioned this. He's not buying it. He's like, as an LSU fan, I have not the slightest idea how this LSU defense has any shot at all versus this FSU offense. Our DBs are not athletic enough to match up with the receiver core they're facing. Well, I wouldn't – if there was any kind of, uh, you know, reason I would, I would take a step back about mm-hmm. the LSU defensive backs, uh, it would not be athleticism. Uh, yeah. they got athletes. If there's one thing LSU is going to get, it's going to be athletes. Right. Um, it's more about like maybe like the cohesion, um, mm. or understanding of the playbook or understanding like that. But like they even got Andre Sam, who's out there, you know, getting retirement every month. But he's going to be out there <laughs> running, running forty, running uh, elite forties, and uh, getting some uh, amazing closing speed. And then you got. Uh, Deuce Chestnut, who's an all ACC, Zai Alexander, who is a great athlete, long. Right. Ashton, Ashton Stamps is a punt returner that put on 20 pounds and is going to be playing cornerback. So they've got athleticism. I think that's, that's, there's no reason to worry about athleticism. I would say, I mean, Florida State's really talented. They're a veteran team, and it would be maybe a more cohesive group than there is at LSU right now, which would be my main concern it's not being able to match up with them you know yeah what could the the concern i'm sorry go ahead no you go ahead no i'm gonna say could the concern be um because i think a lot of people when they say this is the concern more of the height difference versus Mm -hmm. the actual coverage skills and athleticism um there is is. yeah i mean there there is that i mean it's if if you got i mean don't know what the latest is on on Sage Ryan, um, mm-hmm. but Deuce Chestnut he's five eleven. Sage Ryan five eleven. Um, you got Zion Ashton they're they're pretty big, um, and they've got some taller safeties. Greg Brooks is a little bit smaller, so it's definitely not the tallest team. But uh, from what I've seen in practice, they're able to cover taller than they are mm. actually. Um, I, I've seen like Deuce Chestnut not only break up a pass, a high pointed pass to to Brian Thomas, but break up a high pointed pass that Brian Thomas had to like go up and get. And and Deuce is still able to go up with him and, and break that pass up, even though Brian Thomas has about like four inches on him. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you on that. I just, I'm my concern is Florida State's wide receiver room. Looks like the the Florida State basketball team, you know. They're, <laughs> I everybody's, mean, it, it's, it's everybody's I mean, yeah, four everybody's 6'4 and up. So even, you know, even like Brian Thomas is their smallest receiver at Florida. You know what I mean? Like, so mm-hmm. you're gonna have that every matchup instead of just one matchup. You know, like one guy on the field. Every guy on the field mm-hmm. is gonna be like that. Yeah, it, it's it, it's. I mean, they're a good team. They're a top ten team for a reason. 
going up against a new secondary. So, I mean, there is, I mean, you can't go in being like, oh, yeah, they're going to shut them down. I was saying that from what we've seen, I think it's possible that they're going to compete well against the secondary. But, I mean, I don't think I'm going to be breaking any, any, blowing any minds here by saying that it's more the LSU offense is going to have to step up against Florida State rather than the defense. Uh, because Florida State is going to get their points, um, and LSU is going to have to be able to get their points. Yeah. Uh, again, like I said, Brian ain't buying it. He's he said he also has doubt about the athleticism of the LSU offensive line versus this quick, very quick, very fast. If it's shoe pass rush, pass rush, the offensive line is big, but can they pass block better? Um. Again, I can only use what I've seen in practice, and that's mm-hmm. them be able to stop Harold Perkins, uh, who I think is the fastest that you're going to see coming off the edge. Um, Ovia Gufo is someone they've been practicing against, doing very well against, who's also extremely fast and long. Um, Deshaun Womack is an athletic freak, and the first team has done very good against him. That's both Will and uh, Will and Emery. And then on the interior – um, I, I think they, I think they're, I think they're going to be fine. I think they'll be good. Um, this is what we, from what we've seen and what we know to expect from the LSU defensive linemen who are a little bit more veteran and how well the offense has been able to handle them. I think we're in the midst of seeing a really, really good offensive line, um, both athleticism and size. Again, I just, I, there's very few games where, I'm going to be going in feeling like LSU is like, man, they don't have the athletes to compete. They've got the athletes. I mean, maybe whenever they had like 30 scholarship players, that was a little, little bit more of an issue. But athlete to athlete, LSU is going to be able to stack up against pretty much anybody on their schedule at, I think, pretty much every position on the field if we're talking pure athleticism. Yeah. yeah. Um. Looking at this, uh, because I, I think, and, and Brian's not alone in this, uh, there are other LSU fans who kind of feel the same sentiments that he has. Um, I think a lot of it goes back to last year's game. Um, whether people want to admit it or not, they, and they'll say, no, 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 it's not last year. It's just, you know, overall. But honestly, it goes back to last year's game because if you look at the rest of the season, um, offensive line did pretty well. They held up, you know, pretty once they actually got the, the starting lineup, they did really well. Um, same with the defense. Uh, outside of maybe a, a game here or there, they held their own. Um, so I, I really do think that this comes down to what we saw last year versus this year. Uh, in my opinion, we've gotten better on both sides of the ball. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, there's there's no doubt in my mind that this is a better team than Florida State. I mean, no, than last year. Sorry, uh, better team than LSU's team last year. There's no doubt in my mind that they're better in pretty much every single aspect, except, I mean, maybe cornerback. But again, that was still a very pretty much pretty inexperienced and new group in the secondary last year. I'd say, it, at worst, it's a wash. Yeah, I would agree with that. <clears throat> what What do you What position group do you think has made the biggest improvement from last year to this year? Um, I don't think it's even particularly close, it's tight end. Um, I mean, Mason Taylor is still Mason Taylor, uh, but, I mean, he, he's looking better. He's looking a little bit bigger, but keeping that athleticism, he's going to be a better blocker than he was last year. Um, but pretty much the next three guys behind 
Mason Taylor, I would take over like a cold Taylor that, that they had last year. Shout out, shout out Preston. He was sitting next to me at the uh, scrimmage. We'll practice. Uh, and then the scrimmage at the end. So shout, shout out, shout out Preston. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I think along the way it's, it's tied in. It's not even close. Jackson McGowan uh, is, you know, the least talked about freshman tight end, mm-hmm. but even he looks like a wide receiver out there. So they're going to have like, if they want to get him in, they're going to be able to get him in. He, he looks really impressive as a route runner. Camorian Pimpton is one of the most fun players I think I've ever watched. Just as, as a freshman, he's 6'6", 245, uh, moves super well. Like He's going to be a freak, and whenever like people start seeing him on Saturdays, star in an offense, it's going to be – the hype's going to be real around him whenever people realize what, what LSU has in him. He just – he looks unreal. And then uh, Mac Markway, who is basically a carbon copy of Mason Taylor. I, I don't think he moves as well as Mason Taylor right now, mm-hmm. but they look physically the same. Uh, he's going to be a little, little bit better of a blocker, but it's they're in the same mold uh, of tight end, I would say. Um, so they have about four guys that I think – I wouldn't take the three freshmen like right now, like mm-hmm. maybe – I wouldn't want them to be your only options, but having Mason Taylor and then the three guys who fit a bunch of different roles that you can throw in and, and give small roles to. And if you if you notice, Mike Dimbrock uh, really loves a tight end. Uh, I was looking at this earlier. Last year, you had Mason Taylor who had about 20-some, 30 catches-ish. Um, and then next was Cole Taylor with about five at tight end. You take a, uh, t- take a look at his last year at Cincinnati – he had two tight ends with over 25 catches. Um, he likes to get those guys into the offense. He runs a little bit like a, like a fake 11 personnel where he ha- kind of pretty much uses his tight ends as wide receivers. Yeah. So being able to give him more options like that, it's really exciting. So tight end, I think, is in a so much better of a spot, not only because of their coach, but because of who they have um, than last year. It's going to be it's going to be fun to watch that room, I think. Yeah. Um, so yesterday, um, the, the the scrimmage, um, a lot of people were kind of, I guess you say, confused about what the setup was going to be. Um, but as you mentioned, there was an actual full practice prior to the mm-hmm. scrimmage. Well, yeah. there was a hour-long practice prior to the scrimmage. Yeah, there's been – so this year's kind of been unprecedented, uh, unprecedented in that we've watched probably like ten practices fully. Mm. We've just been there. We've been there watching practice. So like that's why there was a little bit of like disappointment in the media almost on Saturday whenever it was like a full practice that we got to watch. We're like, well, we've seen this a million times this in the past two weeks. Yeah. Um, we wanted more of a scrimmage, but it, it was it was still. I mean, very grateful for the access that we've had this year. Um, we've gotten to be able to glean so much of how, where this roster stands, what they're focusing on, what this team looks like. Um, it, it's been great. I mean, and it's something that LSU, I don't think has ever had before. And like, if you look at Florida, they get like 10 minutes of practice. You can't like take any videos, take any, any photos or anything like that. And then they get kicked out, but we've really have seen so much of this camp, uh, yeah. that it's been incredible to see. And, and it just, feel like we are in a better knowledge spot going into this season rather than the last two seasons, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Florida, you know, even what do you expect? You know, 
I mean, if if he wants scared, scared money don't make money, I guess. I mean, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> if if Billy really wants to compete for that G five title, you know, he can't be giving up all his <laughs> uh his plays to the media. <laughs> Uh, shout out, to, shout out to the Florida Gators, uh, I guess. So <laughs> DK, what was the one thing yesterday? I guess that was the <clears throat> biggest surprise to you. Um, maybe, maybe how much they used Caleb Jackson. Um, mm. because I mean, this is a really deep running back room, and we've seen a lot. It does seem like some of the guys were out. I don't think we saw any Logan Diggs. Don't think we saw any John Emery. Um, right. Don't think we even saw any Armando Gomez. So this is a team. This is a running back room with like eight or nine scholarship guys, but who knows who's healthy? But Caleb Jackson had been a guy who really struggled early on. Uh, mm. I mean, he's a true freshman who didn't have the spring, so that's what's expected. Not any, any slight to him, but he looked like a freshman out there. I mean, not physically. Physically, he looks uh, like he could play in the NFL right now if you just look at him lining up back there, but. Uh, skill-wise, he looked like a true freshman who is going into his first couple college practices. But to see it, 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 he had a he had a dropped pass in practice that got tipped up into an interception, and then that in like five minutes later he had a fumble. Um, so we, you know, you're you're worried that maybe that does something a little bit to his psyche um, when we're getting ready for the spring practice. But they they used him a lot still, and then he had the 70, 70 plus yard screen. That was really mostly his doing, um, and then you had uh, then you had hit another touchdown run from him later in that practice. So like, yes, it was really encouraging to see him be able to bounce back from a little bit of early freshman struggles into being able to have those highlight plays. Yeah. Uh- Shay Burt said, "Old Dilly Sanders, dude knows his stuff. Of course, man. That's why we have him on." <laughs> Uh, but let me ask you this. So it's a question that uh, I've seen pop up a lot, especially after yesterday seeing Caleb Jackson do do what he do. Amani Goodwin, where does he fit? He's, you know, we, we know the talent's there, um, but with injuries, it's been kind of hard to say. So I mean, that's the way that's the way you can really look at where do any of the running backs fit? Um, <laughs> because there's just so many of them. Uh, the only person who I who I think has a really defined role in this team would be Noah Kane as like the goal line back. Gotcha. Uh, he's your best power guy. Um, but you see them move. I think everybody has gotten multiple snaps. Like everybody shared like an equal share of snaps outside of I would say Noah Kane with the first team. Uh, even Trey Holly. You know Trey Holly was lining out <laughs> lining up at wide receiver <laughs> a lot throughout campus. Like it, like. It's just how they how they use these guys. It just seems like there's no one like like an Armani Goodwin. I don't know how you how they're gonna have the chance to really step out of everybody else's shadow. But again, we don't really know how they're gonna use him because Armani Goodman, whenever he's good, whenever he's healthy, he looks really good in multiple phases of the game. But now they have about three or four Arm- Armani Goodwins on the roster, yeah. um, just in terms of being able well balanced being able to attack so it's going to be more about yeah i think you're just going to see a lot of a lot of running backs i think is the is the best way to put it because there's 
Yeah, there hasn't been any through two weeks of fall camp. There hasn't been any real separation. Again, outside of Noah Kane, I think he is going to have his his role on the team. Uh, I mean, he did have ten touchdowns last year, and he's looking better now than he did last year. So you don't really take him off the field. All right. Oh, hey, I don't know if you you on mute. Oh yeah, he is on mute. <laughs> My bad, I forgot to take myself off mute. Defensively, uh, <laughs> who who really stood out, or, or what really stood out to you defensively? Um, let's see. Uh, Andre Sam, I, I gave a shout out earlier because um, he, I mean, he has he's a seventh year senior. You don't see a ton of those. Yeah. Uh, wow, seventh year senior. Uh, he was dealing with a lot of injury, the COVID, all that stuff. I don't really yeah. know how how eligibility works anymore, but yeah, he's a seventh year senior. Um. <laughs> So he's seen a lot of football and he looks yeah. like it in terms of he knows what's yeah. going on. He's he looks really fast. He looks he looks ready to compete. He almost picked off uh, Jaden Daniels, a rare Jaden Daniels mistake in practice is what uh, what I'll say um, was a pass a little bit over the middle that Andre Sam really had a nice jump on. Just couldn't come down with it, but he did knock it down at least. So um, in I think maybe most surprising is the fact that we're talking all about these uh, tight end, uh, all these like defensive back questions and the team 90% of the time we see the defense, they're lined up in a dime package. So they're throwing out six DBs, yeah. uh, five yeah. DBs on, on the regular. Um, so I guess the, the, the kind of shows that there's a really versatile defense. Um, we, we've seen Sage Ryan line up. At the nickel, we've seen Major Burns line up in both safety spots. We've seen Andre Sam uh, run over. We've seen uh, Deuce Chestnut play like a star, <laughs> uh, a star role, uh, like a, a lurker role, um, like a Brian Branch in Alabama, as an example. Like, we've yeah. seen like yeah, Deuce Chestnut do that. Like the only guys we haven't really seen move around a ton are Zy Alexander and Ashton Stamps. Um, and so th- I think it's just. As much as we've talked about, there's going to be a lot of offensive versatility. There's a lot of defensive versatility. Everyone's going to be lining up everywhere, um, and I think that's something that they really that they really like about this this defense is that you don't really know what to expect from a snap to snap basis. Uh, it's going to be really matchup based, which I think uh, LSU is really happy with. Like even like Harold Perkins is going to be coming off the edge and playing linebacker. Um, Ovio Gufo dropping back in coverage, rushing the passer. You're going to have, like, you could see, like, Mason Smith line up on the edge, Savion Smith line up anywhere. Like, it, it's, I think it's it's more about how many people have different roles in this defense, um, which, I mean, again, raises the question of maybe is it, like, are you a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none kind of thing, or – do you really just have a, this fluid defense where you can use guys as chess pieces? Um, I guess right now we would want to believe it's it's the chess piece thing where a lot of these guys can fill the different roles and, and do whatever the defense needs to ask them. I got um, one more. Well, I guess probably it may be two. I, I forgot the other one. But I got a question that, that keeps coming up because um, narratives – quarterback okay yeah I'm ready. Um, I'm ready throw it at me it is it, it has been stated and I've heard that um 
the quarterback race, um, I don't know if it's necessarily a battle, um, but both quarterbacks have improved drastically, but Jaden still looks like the the better quarterback at this time. Um, but Nuss is probably still the second best quarterback in the SEC, second or third best quarterback in the SEC. Um, I, I mean, I guess narratives is a, is a good question. Uh, I'll, I'll give my point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this is something we've talked about, uh, talked about a lot. Um, and I, and I, I put up pretty plainly in my like post game practice notes. There is no quarterback battle. There's no quarterback race. There's no quarterback two quarterback system. This is Jane Daniels's team. The offense knows it. Brian Kelly knows it. Mike Denbrock knows it. Jane Daniels, Jane Daniels knows it. And Garrett, Garrett Nussmeyer knows it. This is Jane's team. He is your quarterback this year. He looks very good. I I, I kind of a little had trouble uh, after one of the practices. I was saying how it's been maybe the quarterbacks have actually been a little bit disappointing, but I, I think that was poor phrasing in terms of we were waiting for them to take a step and really explode. And for the first like week of practice, nothing was really that shocking or mm-hmm. nothing really stood out. They looked good. They looked solid. They looked like they looked last year. But there was a practice uh, about a weekend where both Jaden and Nuss started like trading blows in terms of highlight play after highlight play. And that's whenever you really saw Jaden really lock in and even Nuss really lock in. Like Nuss, there was a fumble. I mentioned the Caleb Jackson fumble. And like Nuss looked ready to dive into the pile for it. Like these guys were really into it from, and then they were really into it from that point on. I think. Something happened about a week into practice that really locked these guys in. And uh, since then, Jaden has been really, really good. I, I, I think he's been he's been very, I'd, yeah, I'd go, I'd go he's been very good in practice. Um, they are pushing it downfield more. There's a clear effort to, even if they didn't do it in the scrimmage, that, that scared a lot of people. All right. Um, didn't, I, I wouldn't be worried about it at all. Um, Jaden looks fantastic. His the relationship with the weapons looks really good. He's making a lot of connections with a lot of different people. Um, but yeah, bottom line, this is Jaden's team. Jaden has taken ninety eight point nine 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 percent of the snaps with the first team, and if Nuss ever takes a snap with the first team, I think it's just to give Jaden a breather. Like it's just it's been clear. There's been no question about it. It has not been a battle at all. Um, but yeah, that, that's what that's what I've seen from it at least. Um, I, I, I don't think that there's any question. Speaking of quarterbacks, what does uh, Ricky Collins look like, and what did he look like in the scrimmage? Um, okay, so Ricky, uh, we, uh, we I went to a bunch of uh, – ended up seeing about three or four different Woodlawn games last year, actually. Mm-hmm. And Ricky was was the most one of the most fun players I, I watched. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. He was the most fun Louisiana quarterback I watched last year. I didn't see I didn't see Archie, but there was another top quarterback that I was not that impressed with uh, that went to a different SEC school. But Ricky Ricky stood out. Uh, Ricky has that athleticism that you want, like the athleticism you would get out of a Jaden Daniels. But he has a mm-hmm. really really strong arm, and I think that's what we've seen a lot of in this uh, this this session. He is really raw. Um, so I mean, you wouldn't want him playing this year. <laughs> Uh, really, he looks really raw. He he needs to work on his mechanics. The accuracy isn't always there, but in terms of um, 
I'm going to steal a steal a phrase that Mike Dimbrock used to describe Kamori and Pimpton actually um, to to describe Ricky Collins. It's kind of like the perfect uh, mold of clay in terms of if you were to build the body and athleticism and attributes of a guy to play quarterback in the SEC mm-hmm. and especially in this system that you see. That's the kind of that's the base that you would want. Um, so it's more about. This is Joe Sloan's real chance to develop a quarterback. We we know he's a great quarterback coach. Um, Nuss and Jaden have spoke very very highly of Joe Sloan, um, and every prospect or recruit that I've talked to loves Joe Sloan. But with Ricky, I mean, it's his first real chance to take a guy from year one and then see what he can do with him, see what he can turn him into. Uh, so I'm really excited about the potential that Ricky Collins has at quarterback. Um, and of course there are a couple of like top name quarterbacks that are, you know, in talks to, you know, LSU is really looking towards, um, which maybe would become a battle with Ricky in the future. But in terms of people in the roster right now, I think the future is really bright with Nussmeyer and then followed by Ricky Collins. Um yeah, and yeah, Nuss to to talk to Nuss on oh, real quick. Like Nuss, Nuss looks really good. He made maybe the more jaw dropping throws of camp. There was one um, where he was falling back mid air. Uh, he was like he was like almost like this, and then threw a ball like thirty yards down into a window uh, over so, over a guy's shoulder. It was a play that if Patrick Mahomes made it, uh, yeah. it in practice, it would have yeah. been a million retweets or whatever. That was a really nice throw. And his, the, the physical nature of Nussmeyer is kind of what re- really makes people fall in love with him. He has that, that really, really tight arm. But I, again, I would say, yeah, I would just, I think it's, I think he's a, I would say a year away from being a really good quarterback. He's almost there. Um, there are a couple things that he still needs to clean up and Jaden's not perfect either, but, the way it looks right now, I, I think LSU's quarterback room is in a very, very good spot with all three guys. Yeah. And in yeah. the timeline that is presenting itself for them. Yeah. I feel like uh, Ricky is stepping into a similar role as Nuss, being that mm-hmm. he's that quarterback in the um, – he's there, but everybody's looking to the quarterback that's behind him and kind of overlooking him. That's kind of how it was, I feel like, with Nuss and Walker Howard. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't think that uh, Hurley uh, gets out of there like that, though. I don't think he's transferring to Ole Miss. Um, <laughs> Hurley's going to be really interesting, really, really interesting thing. I've gotten to meet him. I watched him play some seven on seven. He is a really smart kid. I, I mean, I think that is pretty easy to see. I mean, everyone, he's a very, very smart kid. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see with him getting on a college campus at 16 years old. If that's, if that, if, if that really happens, um, he's just, he's going to, it's just, it just feels weird. It just feels weird to think about him. He'll be 17 by the time practice starts, I think, but still getting to a college campus at 16, uh, to be able to then playing quarterback in the sec is just a really tall task. Right. So it's going to be, it's, that's, that, that's a really interesting career to follow i think is where where it's at right now with colin hurley but i mean he physically he looks like he'll be good um Mm -hmm. he'll be ready but he'll he'll be physically mature he's supposed you know he's this really smart kid um 
So maybe he can do it. It's just it's a it's a tall task, is how I'd put it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Shea Burt asked about uh if we talked we did talk about this about the running back room. Um and I guess, you know, to, to recap that, um Nobody everybody's knows. gotten a shot. Yeah, everybody's gotten a shot to, you know, saying run with the ones. Uh and and nobody really has a defined role outside of uh Noah Kane, who's more of the punching in from the goal line. Yeah, I think yeah. we'll see the, the running back battle really kind of continue in front of everybody's eyes because there hasn't been anything from practice that I would really I, I would say like, okay, here's running back one, two, and three. Yeah. All right. So Shay Burke, you gotta go back and watch the whole show again. And um <laughs> leave a like somebody. and subscribe. Yeah, leave a like and then yeah, go. send that clip to somebody who else who also wants to know about the running back room. Yeah. Um I don't think that Chris says hot take. Uh, John Emery walks out first against Florida State. Would that be a hot that, take though? I don't think it's really a hot take. I think we all kind of wouldn't. We wouldn't be surprised, you know. I, I think. Yeah, yeah again, uh, I wouldn't. There wouldn't be anybody I would be surprised with, other than maybe one of the freshmen. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right, all right. man. Well, Dilly, man, we appreciate you again. We get, well, listen. We can't make this. Let this happen. You know, what I'm saying going months without you. You know, coming on again. So. Thanks. Uh. Definitely have to have to bring you back. Uh, I'm gonna have to bring you back. I got questions about star ratings and stuff. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I got personal. <laughs> <laughs> so, but man, tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, you find me over on Twitter at Dilly Sanders. Um, you can read all of my stuff on go247.com. Um, you know, it's it is a, a paid service to get some of the more insider knowledge, but we're always running deals uh, that you can get it through, get it for pretty cheap. And you know, for my for, for my opinion, it's the best in the best in the business. Um, so yeah, we, we're doing a bunch of really good stuff. We're gonna have some awesome, awesome coverage. Like I said, we've had like four guy, three to four guys at every single practice. Like we've been there. Um, so yeah, come come check us out, and you can read all the stuff that I write. And again, follow me on Twitter at Dilly Sanders. All right. Man, Dilly, as always, man, truly appreciate you coming through. Uh, look forward Anytime. to talking to you again. Um, we have to see what what albums we have. You know, I know you're tired. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> doing, uh, graduation coming up soon, isn't it? December. Congratulations! Thank you. I can't wait. It's gonna yeah. Uh, I start. We start the last semester on, on Tuesday, and uh, I can't wait. It's funny, my minor, uh, my minor is in film. Okay. And uh, whenever I joined, whenever I came to LSU, I talked to the counselor and they told me, you know, I, I took intro to film. You would you would expect that would be the normal go of right. things. Right. But I've now since learned that uh, it's a, that's not the intro to the to my minor. So now I have to my last class. One of my last classes is going to be an intro course. So that's oh, wow. interesting. <laughs> that's, I mean, okay. that might be good, uh, you know, to I mean, be able to. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be easy. I'm a journalist. I'm give my GPA. <laughs> that's that's why I'm a journalist. I'm I'm not I'm not doing a career where someone's gonna be asking me a percentage like a, a decimal point. Nah, what was my GPA? I passed. Like, <laughs> oh man. Am I from Dilly? Well, Leslie, Chris, as a Dilly from Louisiana. Uh, I was born and raised in Baton Rouge. Uh, and you know, I live in Central now, and uh, I spent a couple years in Buffalo, New York. So there's my my bio, real quick. There you go. There you go. Um, I would say world travel, but that's not really. 
world. Uh, travel two places. Traveled. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, man. Well, Dilly, man, as always. What'd you say? Orchard Park zone. Oh, yeah. Orchard Park. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, I, I almost went there to snow to shovel snow went for bills tickets, but we couldn't make it. We couldn't get there through the snow. So. Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! All right, y'all, y'all have a good night, and uh, yeah, just have me have me back whenever. Just send me a, a, a text or DM anything. I, I'll come. I'll come by. I always love talking to y'all guys. All right, Appreciate will do. Will do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, y'all know what it is. It's our good man, Dilly Sanders. Man. Hey, while we was while we was talking with Dilly, man, Saints, uh, John Trey, huge play, Shaq Davis, Mark Evans. I'm pulling leading receiver for yeah, Shaq Davis leading receiver right now for the Saints. Yeah, he he made a, a catch like over somebody's head, like he caught it, yeah, like, man. like looking. Then I'm looking, uh, Mark Evans, like literally laying people out, so. Um, let's talk about it, man. We 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 didn't talk about it last Sunday. We had uh Brandon Seho on. Um, we didn't talk about game one, but so far, what you've seen in the Saints game one preseason game one, and uh tonight, how do how do you feel about the team? Uh I think we got a quarterback. I mean, compared to last year, I think we got us a quarterback. Um from what I saw that first drive, the offense looked it looked, you know what I mean, like they had an identity. They knew who they were. They they had a grasp of the offense. Everything right. seemed to be firing and clicking out on, on you know, on all cylinders. Um besides that first little drop <clears throat> or bad pass, whatever from uh Carter Olave last game. Other than that, that first drive with the first team offense was click, 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 big play here, good good run here, another big pass play here. And then touchdown. So I mean, I I think last week that everything looked good. This week, kind of shaky offense in the first half. You needed a few turnovers to get points on the board, but um, they kind of that two. I think that uh that last drive, whenever they got the field goal on, I think that kind of woke the offense up. Big play to Shaq Davis. Then you know get, you get the field goal. And in the second half, the offense has seemed to be able to move the ball a little bit here with some. Some big plays like the one that John Trey just wasn't able to capitalize off of that because of penalties. I think that's the biggest takeaway from the preseason so far is penalties, man. Mm. Too many penalties. Man, completely agree. Um, the drive killers, their penalties are called that for a reason. Um, there's no reason the Saints should be up by two touchdowns right now. Yeah, um, honestly. In my opinion, uh, well, I, they just kicked the field goal, so they down. They up twelve. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but it should be a, it should be a seventeen point game right now. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, I, I I've liked what I've seen out of the Saints. It kind of made me kind of take back a few things I said about um, Pete Carmichael, but it's early. <laughs> it's early. He, but Pete Carmichael not calling plays tonight. Remember oh. that? Did he Remember call him that? last week? That I think I think he did, but Ronald Curry is it's uh calling plays tonight, the quarterback's coach on some variable type stuff. Um, gotcha. he's letting 
Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael letting him call plays so he can get some experience. And he's called a great game, honestly. If you notice, yeah, the yeah, offense yeah. has done some things that they normally wouldn't do, like all the passing in the red zone and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So it's been it's been interesting to see how he has put his uh his fingerprints on the play calling. But yeah, I can't give all the credit to Carmichael because especially not for tonight. Yeah. Um, I do want to say. It's funny that uh, the referees all of a sudden know what pass interference is in the Saints game. Um, yeah, I'm petty. I'm holding on to it. But they they have called two pass interference calls uh, on pick plays. Five offensive pass interference plays. Yeah, yeah. That's um, yeah. Uh, Shay makes it good. He said we had yeah. double digits. We've had double digit penalties. A lot of that. A lot of stuff that comes from discipline. I completely yeah, agree. I agree. All starts and offsides and and yeah, I mean you 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 gonna have some holding calls and things of that nature mm-hmm. that's you know you just gonna have, but there's no need for all the the false starts and some of these defensive pass interference penalties and things of that nature. I mean that's honestly we saw that last year under the Saints, and I'm starting to believe that that's just Dennis Allen. His team's just gonna be undisciplined and have a lot of penalties. Yeah. Um, I've been impressed with the defense. Defense has yeah. looked good um, both Jaylen weeks. Smith. Yes. Yes. Um, last week, they, you know, of course, there was the comeback, uh, but the Saints found a way to pull out. But uh, the turnovers, the sacks, um, really impressed. Really impressed with yeah. the defense so far. Um, I, I talked more about. Um, well, we'll talk more about uh, Mark Evans and, and Shaq Davis tomorrow on HBCU Owl. Uh, very impressed with them. And Shay, Shay Butt Hurt. I said Butt Hurt. <laughs> Shay Burt <laughs> said, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I guess that's a, a, a preview of my uh, <laughs> off the call. Oh, I guess. But hurt. Anyway, uh, Shay Burt says, I think Davis made a big push for the last spot in wide receiver core. Yeah, that's it's gonna. I think it's gonna depend on how many wide receivers they take. All right, because if you if you taking, so the first three are locks, right? You got Mike Thomas, Olave, and Shahid. Those those three are locks. After that, you got Perry, Brian Edwards, Trey Coin, Lynn Bowden, Shaq, John Trey. I didn't realize Lynn was with the Saints now too. Yeah. Yeah, so you got and you got Lynn and John Trey who who give you some return capabilities, mm-hmm. but then Shaq and At Perry are both kind of in that Mike Thomas role in that mold. So I think it's just going to depend on how many how many if they keep six receivers, I could see them keeping them keeping Shaq and At. Yeah, but I give you one more. They what they did, five, I don't know. Yeah, uh, they actually just moved uh, one play I just saw. They kind of had Shaq lined up in a tight end type role. And then, um, you know, I, he can't – I know he's, he's size-wise. You, you got too many of them too, though. Yeah. You got – I mean, because you got Juwan Johnson, you got Foster Moreau, you got Jimmy Graham, you got Taysom Hill. Yeah. And then oh. you, got, you got Lucas Kroll and you got J.P. Holtz. You know what I mean? You got six of them, and you're probably going to try to – Honestly, all right, so I was talking about this with a, with a buddy of mine the other day. 
I can see us. You know they got they got the new rule in the NFL where you can carry a third quarterback on the roster, and mm-hmm. but he don't count toward the fifty three unless he takes a snap. Right. Gotcha. All right. So you can so therefore for quarterbacks you can bring Hayner, Winston, and Derek Carr, and just have Hayner be your your third quarterback. That's true. Okay. And, if, and if and if something happened, and you needed a third quarterback. Just put Taysom Hill in the game at quarterback. That way, you know what I'm saying. You could basically carry four quarterbacks without actually Never, having yeah. to have four quarterbacks. So and Taysom it comes Hill comes to a mercy. Be, yeah, and taste. And I mean, if you if Derek Carr get hurt and Jameis Winston get hurt, it don't matter who our quarterback is. So just Bingo. put Taysom in the game. You know what I mean. So that way, you don't have to burn the jersey spot, roster spot. So I could see that being a situation to where they try to to, to kind of steal a roster spot in a sense by by mm-hmm. kind of having Taysom be the third quarterback in a sense too. Yeah. Uh, let me ask a difficult question. If it comes down and you've got John Trey or Shaq, who you taking? I know my answer, and I, I know, and it, and it breaks my heart to say it. That's a tough dog. You want me to go? I I say, you almost have to take John Trey just simply because of the special team, the returning factor, almost in a in a sense. See, I I was going to go there. I, but, I I personally, uh, size wise and production, I think I think Dave, Shaq Davis is is such a mismatch, such a mismatch. I don't know. I don't know because it it depends on what the rest of the roster look like to me. And the reason why I know that's a cop out. I know it's a cop out, but like you got Shahid who can be a return man. If you keep Lynn Bowden, he could be a return man. You still, if too. you keep Kurt Merrick on the roster, he could be a return man. And if so, if I have all those three on the roster, I don't got to keep John Trey because he could be a return man. You see what I'm saying? So I feel mm-hmm. like it depends on what what else you got on the roster because if I got other options at, at a, as a return man, like like those guys I mentioned, then I'm keeping Shaq. But if I only got Shahid, then I'm gonna keep. I got to keep John Trey because I got to have somebody else on the team that can return. So I mean, that's a that's to. I think the biggest thing. For Shaq is, is he got to outplay Traquan Smith? Mm. Okay. Because I think At Perry might have locked up his spot already, but based off what he did in that first preseason game when he went for like a hundred yards and a touchdown. So Shaq might be competing against Traquan, which Traquan ain't. I ain't heard seen heard much from. Him. So you know, if Shaq can continue to have three for sixty three type performances. It's probably more than that by now. So, yeah, you um, know what I mean. So, uh, let me ask this: Let's talk about outside of uh, the Saints, uh, more of the NFL. Um, Trey Palmer. Yeah, he been cutting up. Booty, um, booty. Let's talk about Kayshawn Booty in the head case that he was supposedly was, and people <laughs> people saw that one report. About him yeah. in the offseason, and then people talking about he might not make the team and all this kind of stuff. Obviously, well, that was wrong. 
Boy, I tell you, bro, y'all gonna learn that everything y'all read on the internet ain't true. Yeah, yeah. Don't believe everything you read on the internet. Abraham Lincoln once said that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, I read that on the internet too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Trey Palmer, uh, Kayshawn. Uh, I'm trying to think who else has been very impressive. Um, prayers out to A Chain. Uh, who who was carted off the field yesterday yeah, for the and Dolphins. Isaiah Bolden and Isaiah Bolden. Uh, he did. So he's he's okay. Um, he he tweeted out and stuff. Uh, I haven't heard anything uh, injury report on on A chain. Uh, but he was a phenomenal back at uh, and I, it pains me to say it, a phenomenal back at Texas A and M. But uh, you know, look for him to to bounce back. So yeah, they won yeah. twenty eight to three yesterday. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, I'm looking for a 283. Um the Bengals and um Falcons played the other day. It was like a 13-13 tie. Um DTR for the Browns. Yeah, yeah, he has been a revelation. I think he's I think he's locked himself up a spot. Yeah. and they even even the blocking, which they I'm sure they're gonna tell them mm-hmm. don't do that no more. But yeah, you but, know, it shows he's a football player, man. Yeah, yeah. he's a football player, bro. You yeah. you gotta respect that if you're a teammate of his. I, I it may be early, but I think that DTR is what people thought Anthony Richardson would be. That's a little early, my boy. I'm gonna just put it a out little there. early, my boy. But I'm just saying because yes, a lot of people, I, I, I DTR, hadn't. I DTR going, DTR going, playing in the second half. You know what I mean? Like that's true. That's true. You know, what I mean? Anthony Richardson going against ones. And, and I, and but I, and I, I but agree. I will, I will say that he's more polished right now than that's Anthony where I'm, Richardson where is. I'm going at. That's where you know it's yeah. not necessarily a what you call. Uh, who else? Uh, Bryce Young and and, and Stroud. I think Stroud has shown flashes and has looked good. I think Stroud has looked better than Young so far. Um, but it's still it's still early. It's, it's the problem early. with Young, though, um, is Frank Wright. His size. Well, I think oh, it's his size, so. bro. Yeah, I, I think so, I think he does too much. Like, I think it's that that Russell Wilson syndrome, right? Like those short court and Kyler the Kyler Murray quarterback, like the shorter quarterbacks. They do more maneuver, run, like moving out the pocket, so they can see throwing lanes, right? And I feel like some of that is unnecessary, and you kind of run yourself into trouble. What? So whereas Drew yeah. Brees kind of just like stretched and looked over to create passing lanes, yeah. they kind of use their mobility, and that kind of can sometimes run you into trouble. Yeah, um, uh, it's funny you say that. It's been like I forget when they were doing the sports science stuff and uh, we, like Drew, Drew Brees and some of those guys. Shorter quarterbacks are actually a lot more uh, accurate than taller quarterbacks. They, they gotta be, yeah. So because you, I mean, because you gotta look at you can't you you really can't you can't see over and just be a gunslinger. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta kind of make yourself be accurate, putting the ball where you need to be. Throwing through and like throwing through throwing lanes with crazy mm-hmm. arm angles and all this kind of stuff. Like they gotta kind of predicate themselves more on accuracy because they usually don't have the big strong arms and you know what I'm saying, things of that nature. Yeah. Um, who else is uh as far as team wise or or, or player wise, rookie wise, 
hasn't been impressive to you. Uh, we hadn't, I hadn't named anybody on defense. Um, yeah, uh, Joey Porter Jr. Okay, um, he's been pretty impressive interception. Um, Will Anderson had a big play yesterday that I saw that was pretty, uh, sack strip fumble. Um, I'm trying to think, these defensive rookies, uh. I think, oh, Aubrey Can't Miller. Yeah. Yeah. But I think a lot of people. Oh, Isaiah I mean, Land had a stack yesterday, too. Okay. I was going to say, a lot of people we're going to name is probably people we've named already on the HBCU mm-hmm. side. Um, yeah. Just simply because uh, oh, he ran. Oh, get out of there. My bad. Um, yeah. But I think that's it, man. That's all I got. Uh, ready to do this off the call? Yeah, we can go ahead. All right. I'll go first. Yeah, you yeah, you definitely need to. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna call out the uh three members of the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber, and uh Trey Turner. I need y'all to come down to the front. Not for nothing bad. I just want to congr- shout out y'all for uh pull roll the clip, if you will, for me, brother. So if as y'all know, the Little League World Series is going on. There's a team from Pennsylvania in there, and these three guys showed up to support the youngsters and the at the game. And not just show up to support, they was getting all into it, as you can see right here. They celebrating with the fans. Such a beautiful sight to see, honestly, man. For for those guys to be at the top of the game, Bryce Harper, you talking about MVP caliber players, and for them to come back and show love to the next generation and and kind of pay it forward in a sense, that's such a beautiful sight to see for me. And that's what the game is all about. If you want to grow the game, that's the type of stuff you need to do right there. You need to sow into the next generation. And what better way to do it than that right there? And the Phillies are actually playing – in Williamsburg today for the little, little league classic, and uh, so it was good, good for them to to kind of be able to be around those young guys and for those young little leaguers to look up to to see the guys that they look up to cheering them on. It's got to be a good feeling for them and some motivation for them and a moment that they'll remember for the rest of their lives. So kudos to those fellas for that moment because I know you made an impression on them little boys. Yeah, that's facts. That's facts. Um, all right, man. I gotta talk to the um, Florida State fans. We recently we made a shirt. We made a shirt uh, for the upcoming game, and a lot of Florida State fans were upset about the shirt. They felt like it was disrespectful, and it, it's, it's caused some strife, and they've been on our mentions telling us so. And I just want to say, sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, we don't give a damn. It's a game. We finna take y'all out. It's going down like that. Don't nobody care about that. Ooh, copyright. Ooh, you missing with the facts. You shouldn't do the spin. Shut up. It's a game. 
I had to go back and look up with my boy Josh, Josh Sims Senior from HBC United. This is sports talk. This ain't no roses and bubbles. This ain't bubbles and roses. You better get out your feelings. Get ready. It's a game in two weeks. We'll see y'all in Orlando. Enough said. I ain't got nothing else. I just want to say I apologize for absolutely nothing. Deuces. See y'all next week. This show was presented by BetOnline.ag. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe on Twitter at Golden Boot. On Instagram at Golden Boot. On YouTube at The Golden Boot Pod. On Facebook at The Golden Boot Pod. Golden Boot! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.